Welcome to Tigers Untapped, a Bluff City Media podcast. Stepping up to the microphone are your hosts, TJ Willis and Trey Leslie. Pull up your chair, grab your favorite brew, and enjoy the conversation. Now, let's get to the show. What up, what up, what up? Trey and TJ back with another edition of Tigers Untapped. What is this, like episode seven, I think? Eight, eight, we're on eight, I want to say. Seven. Mm. Uh, seven? I don't know. We're getting up there, almost to double digits, I know that. But head over to Bluff yeah. City NIL for all uh, your Tigers coverage. So the rest of our shows on the Bluff, good articles, other stuff we got over there. But Bluff City NIL, they're an official partner for coaching with literacy, a nonprofit organization using the power of sports to impact childhood literacy. You can read more about them at coachingforliteracy.org or follow them on social media at coachingforliteracy. No spaces in there. Uh, your donations to Bluff City NIL are 100% tax deductible because of our partnership together. So thanks to you guys for supporting Memphis Tiger student athletes and helping to promote the monumental cause that is childhood literacy. All right, TJ, first things first, you gifted me this the other night when we were at happy new year, by the way, happy new year. We, uh, we've made it on to 2023, but, uh, first brew of the 2023 season here for tigers untapped. You gifted it to me. So tell me what it is. Bad, bad Leroy Brown. We haven't, Hey, we haven't done this uh, brewery yet. Haven't. No, that's why I went with it. So this is Bad Bad Leroy Brown, an American brown ale from Hampline. Wow, that which is I've been to dark. It is dark. So Hampline's pretty cool. It's actually over in Midtown, um, behind what's the game place? Yeah, you see that Memphis Griswolds? Shout out to Oxbow. If you guys are listening, we know that you are. You want to throw a sponsor our way? There's that Oxbow koozie. What's the game room place? Help me out here. Game room? Yeah, in uh, Midtown. A place with oh, all the games, dude. Uh, Papa Shop, pizza, karaoke. I know. we did. You signed me up for that 92-9 Papa Shop tournament. I almost won. I got in like fourth place, I think. Uh, I don't Why can't that, I think of the name that of That place, it? whatever. Yeah, you know what I'm talking, you're talking about. about. That place. Yeah. Right behind there, Hamplon. Check them out. The beer's actually pretty good. So we got... Uh, Bad, bad Leroy Brown. You can't see this. It keeps getting blurred out. It's rated R. Bad, bad Leroy Brown. Hey, this is only the second uh, pint that we've had on the, the show. Is that true? Yeah, I think the only other one was uh very first very first rendition of this series. We oh, had right. uh, Tiger Tail. Rec you're Room. Right. Rec room. Rec room. Rec room. Shout out to Rec Room. We know that you guys are listening. Shout out to Rec Room. Um, bad, bad Louis Brown. Love it. So far. Should be a good brew. It is dark though. It is. Possibly looks like Dr. Pepper or something. Like I was gonna soda. say, I mean, it looks like a Coke for sure. It's a little a little bit left there on the top. Looks like a Coke. Doesn't taste like a Coke, but it looks like don't one. give it away, dude. Take it easy. All right, I'm gonna get too excited that. about it. Uh, Tej, we won a bowl game. Yeah, we did. We did it in dominating fashion. In dominating fashion, we talked about it heading into uh, in the preview of the bowl game. That I mean, 
that's what you had to do, right? We both were saying it needed to be at least a two-score mm-hmm. game. I think you need to beat them by double dig. And uh, not only did they beat them by double dig, TJ, we were the that's the largest margin of victory for a bowl game in program history. Not that we've won a ton of bowl games, but largest margin of victory and second largest margin of victory in bowl games for this entire college football season. Only second to um, the other Tigers from the Bayou of their thrashing of Purdue, 63 to seven. Purdue, yeah. So big 28 point win for the, uh, the Tigs at the first responders bowl down there in Dallas. Um, like you said, I mean, man handled a, a team. I mean, we just, we looked better the entire game. It was never in question. Obviously it was three to three early, but after that it was all Tigers. Uh, Seth, Heck of a game. Eddie Lewis had a big game. Um, Seth was 20, 29, 284, three tutties. Uh, Ducker had a decent, we still, we didn't get a hundred yard rusher. We asked for it. We wanted it on the pod. It, I felt so like close. we were getting there. Our boy Jay finished with 83. That big 48 <laughs> yard tutty at the end though was huge for me. Cause I'd taken the tigs over 34 and a half and that hit it right there. So I needed that. Love that. Might throw a little extra Jay's way for getting that, busting that out at the end. Uh, no 100-yard rusher, though, but we did we did 150 on the ground and two tutties, two of both of those from Jay, uh, 284 through the air. Eddie had two, two mm-hmm. touchdown catches, one real nice over the shoulder. Oh, yeah. Seth just kind of dropped in there, down there on the sideline and the pylon. Uh, but Eddie, five catches, 83 yards, two touchdowns. Um, rock, we got to see a little bit more of rock. Yeah. Four Finally. catches, 48 Finally. yards. Joe skates, one catch, 42 yards. And then the other tutty through the air. Mr. Touchdown himself. He's Enough. no longer here. Oh, it's corn. Priest corn. I will remember you. We'll have to touch on that later. We got more to say on that. He's not the only one either. Not the only one. A couple more transfers out there. We'll get on that later. But uh, it was a good win. Good, uh, like we talked about, good momentum going into the the winter offseason here. Big victory for the Tigers. Um, anything else stand out to you, TJ, from that uh, Utah State game? No, it's just a thrashing. I, I think you nailed it, right? And the Tigers look great, as they should have. They played a bad team, and they crushed them the way you would crush a bad team. Um. So Vellante Oliver saved up two or three years worth of production I, geez, for one game. Should have so, had three picks and a tutty. Know. That one he dropped to hit him square in the chest was a for sure touchdown. That was a touchdown. But I was down. so mad because at that point in time, I thought that's what I needed to hit my over. <laughs> and then uh, what a huge swing that was because it went from that yeah. being a pick six that they scored like two plays later. Yeah. Got the 10, which – that was, again, another game where it felt like the defense was going to hold a team under seven total points and then just gave up one late. So I think that's like – that would have been four – it's like four, four potential game. I mean, the defense, I feel like they've really turned it around and have started playing really, really well under Matt Barnes. Definitely. I, I think the scheme is perfect. Even when our boy Jalen Allen went down, you had uh, going – Blank James Stewart stepped in, 92. He was applying pressure off the end. So you've got second-string guys coming in and, and working with starters and looking like they belong. I mean, 
anytime yeah. you had that happen, it's you could tell it's just people are fit. It's just like a plug and play. And uh, I think that's definitely ideal with kind of the offseason that we're going into losing, you know, Tyler Murray, Zay Collins, uh, Quindell, Savante. I mean, you're losing a lot of key pieces for Dallas. Um, so it, it's ideal that it's plug and play. Uh, you don't want to have to replace that many people, but kind of is what it is these days. Yeah. I mean, definitely felt like this season, at least that was one of our better games defensively yeah. getting pressure for sure. in the backfield, right? They finished with four sacks. I think, uh, let's see camera, mm-hmm. another, I will remember you out of here, right. but Whitlow had a sack camera on Jalen had a sack before he went out. James Stewart, you already mentioned a sack and we had seven tackles for a loss. So felt like that defensive line was finally kind of getting in the backfield, making plays something we'd kind of been asking yeah. for and waiting to see the whole year. So it was good to see that. Um, yeah. But uh, overall, like we said, great win for the Tigers. You were able to to really manhandle a team that you you were better than something you you should have done. So uh, kudos to them and and good to to finish the year seven and six. That's much better. I mean, it's seven and six isn't great, but it's uh it's much better than sitting here and talking about six and seven and where we'd be. Amen. That. Amen. All right, with that, um, if you've been following and listening to TJ and I from the start, you know at the beginning of the football season, we took some questions uh, from listeners. And one of the things we did was season superlative. So we had a, a buddy that asked, I think it's like 10 questions maybe. Um, mm-hmm. And whoever got the most right out of those, he was going to buy a six-pack for. So we're going to run through those right now. And uh, reveal to you guys who the winner of these were. So the first one, right off the top, most rushing yards will be TJ. Who'd you go with? Went with Brandon Thomas. That you did. Didn't work out. BT got hurt again. And, you know, coming into the year, there was a lot of talk of trying to find that one guy. We thought, we both thought BT was going to be that one guy. But I went with Asa. Um so sitting here today, leading rusher is Javion Ducker. So we neither one of us got that correct. But if you wanted to go like closest, then That's I not how it get works. it right. I mean, we were That's just not how that works. Jay had 544 yards team high. Second Asa with 435. I had joked around about saying Seth, and he did finish third with 289. And then your boy BT with 270 bringing up the rear so neither one of us get a point there uh moving on to receiving yards tj who'd you go with i went with eddie lewis you copied me and you went with Mm -hmm. edwin lewis which ding ding we both get a point eddie barely got it in the last game 615 team leading receiving yards just above 13 yards above Caden Priestcorn at 602. So uh both got a point there for Eddie Lewis. Most tackles. I went with Quindell. TJ went with Tyler Murray. You did. And neither one of us got it. Shout out to Zay with a team high 111 tackles. But again. If you want to go with closest, shout out to Quindell because he was second on the team with 77. That's not how that works. Just saying, if the people at home 
want to credit me, that's fine. Uh, Tyler fourth on the team was 67, right behind Jeff, who had 76, one less than uh, Quinn. Jeff had a big game, by the way. We didn't mention that, but Jeff had, I think he had 11 tackle. Yeah, 10 tackles, 11 11 total against the the Aggies of Utah State. Mm -hmm. All right, so no point there for either one of us right now. We're both sitting at one uh, regular season wins. I went with nine, which there were three ball games that all should have been won, and I would have been spot on. Houston, East Carolina, SMU. That's nine wins. TJ, what'd you say? Eight? Eight, yep. So, bleh, neither one of us get it. Still so sitting close. at one hey, apiece. If, if we were playing closest, you know. Whatever. Not regular. Yeah, I guess. Okay. Still one one to one. All right. This is the fun one. Longest field goal made. I said 53 yards. TJ said 51. We both had the wrong kicker. We both uh, did not pick Chris Howard. I'll say that. We went with uh, Kemp. But the longest field goal, do you know it off the top of your head? I had to go back and look at it. I remember the kick. Maybe. I just didn't know what it was. 49, 49. yards. Yeah. And it could not have it couldn't have been 49 and a half. That was the one that hit the crossbar and oh, it hit the crossbar. In. That's right. Yeah. So I mean that was we were maxed out right there. We weren't hitting 50. No. So again, no point either way. Uh on to most points scored against TJ. I remember. I wanted to say UNA with you, but I was like, ah, FCS school. Our boy Silverfield's going to call off the dogs. Hashtag went with class. No. But you got it. Crushed them. You em. got it. I went with Temple, which we did not score the most points against. No. Um, so TJ, two to one. Uh, first defensive tutty. Neither one of us got this. TJ yes. went with Rodney <laughs> Owens, who... <laughs> May have may have played, may have played five snaps all year, yeah. so that was going to be tough. And our boy Greg Rubin didn't even get a tutty. So neither one, our guy, neither one of us. Not only were they not first defensive touchdown, we they didn't even score a touchdown. Period. No. One of us should have picked Zay. Uh, next up, record a safety. TJ said no. I said yes to be different. No safety was recorded. So TJ, ding ding. What is that? Three to one, TJ. Is and then bowl game, we both said yes. You said Fenway, I said Liberty. Be neither one of those happened. But if you're keeping home, you're keeping track at home, that is a final score TJ three, Trey one. And TJ has been awarded the six pack. I don't even what all did you get in that six pack? Do you remember? Was this one of them, Bad Bad Leo Brown? You got you this shared was not it with me? one of them. No, this uh, my wife got us these actually. Um, this is a new release. So wow, shout I don't remember what was all in there. Shout out to Mama Willis. Thank you, Alicia, for uh, the bruise. Yeah. I don't remember what was all in there. It was all local stuff. Uh, just a couple of new ones we haven't had yet. So saving some doll hairs. There you go. That. Support the fun. Shout out to Jonathan for uh, supporting TJ's brew lineup. Yeah. I guess I got, I'm going to have to go purchase them myself. <sighs> There's always next year. Always next year. I may let you in. We'll find out. 
let me win. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna be different next year. I'm not gonna just pick to be different. I'm going with what I really feel. That's fair. And we might have Do to you. implement some sort of uh, the actual grading rule. scale. Yeah. 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 For sure. All right. Um, Let's move on. All right. Wrapping up the season. So obviously finishing seven and six. We talked about superlatives. We mentioned it a little bit earlier. There have been some names that have hit the portal. We knew it was coming. We'd heard <laughs> that there were going to be some guys probably uh, entering in there at the yeah. after the bowl game. It was a rough day, right? Not going to say it wasn't. I mean, you had several kind of key guys that hit uh, hit all right there together. Um, I mean, I would say the most shocking because reports had come out and you know it had been not just by us, but, I mean, Daily Memphian, and everybody confirmed that Caden had mentioned a couple of weeks ago he was coming back. But uh, as is the days of NIL, you get an offer from somewhere. We're talking 250, six figs. It's going to be hard to stick around, right? Yeah, I mean, what what are you going to do, right? If someone comes and offers you an absurd amount of money, you're not going to say no, Yeah. right? At, at 6, 6, 250. Um, putting up the stats he did. I think he was the sixth most receiving yards amongst tight ends. Yeah. I mean, a lot of places had him highly sought after one of the top two, probably if not three tight ends in the country the whole year. So, I mean, it definitely sucks. That hurts. Um, You know, we talked about it coming into the year. Would he be able Mm -hmm. to sort of fill in that void that, you know, you had with Sean Dykes leaving. And I think he did for sure. I mean, there was what a streak of three or four games in a row or six yeah. out of five where he scored the first touchdown of the game, right? I mean, we kind of made it a joke that, like, if there was a fan duel prop for first tutty, it was – you know, we were going to go Caden every time. So, definitely, definitely hurts. Um, but, like we said, in the world of NIL, like, you know, some of those bigger power five schools, that's that's kind of what what's going to stink about it, right? As a G5, if you got a kid that's kind of really throwing up good numbers, looks really good, those P5 – gonna come calling and it's gonna be hard to to try to keep a kid when uh you just don't really have the resources or funding that they do uh Caden not the only one you lost Javon Ivory's entered as well uh so a guy that's been here several years Mm -hmm. I was about to be a redshirt senior I think Cameron Jackson hit it as well which is weird because that report came out, I think, what was it? The day it was signing day, right? Yeah. That he was, was going like a, to Florida. And then that Florida beat writer came back and said, never mind, Cam's not even in the portal. But I mean, if we're being honest, once that happened, it's kind of like, okay, there's no way that that just came out of nowhere. There's got to be something yeah. there, right? He let like, something slip that he wasn't supposed to let yeah, slip. Like Cam wasn't in the portal, but Cam was in the portal. Cam was talking to people. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Tamp, tamp, tampering. Um, So, yeah, several big losses uh, there. I mean, well, we'll say it's interesting. Obviously, I think the staff probably knew, obviously, that that was happening um, because right after Cam announced, you kind of got what would be, I don't know, sort of his replacement, Replacement, if you will, right, from – Adarius Jones, 6'4", 300. So, I mean, a little bit smaller than Cam, but, I mean, not much. I mean, that's still a big interior DL um, yeah. from A&M. Um, but he was a 
he was a highly sought after uh, defensive lineman coming out of high school, um, a top 500 kid. I think he was projected as like a power five starter. So he spent a couple of years at um, A&M. A&M. I think he's, I mean, he hasn't been able to really get on the field a ton or put up a ton of, you know, high popping yeah. stats, but definitely a larger, more athletic guy that I think, you know, should be able to have some success um at our our uh at our level so um we'll see but uh nonetheless there's some some spots they got to fill in um probably continue to to try to look at what has, what's out there in the portal i would say i mean tj i don't know how you feel but right now looking at it we don't know where eddie's stands i think he's got a fifth covid year he can use yeah. he hasn't said he one does. way or the other but at this point, that's your your team leading receiver. Um, so if he's back, that's great. If he's not looking at it right now, you're losing your top four receivers going into yeah. next year. Um, nearly two thousand, little probably a little over two thousand yards receiving are going to be gone. And you know, if that's Eddie doesn't come back, you obviously lost Caden. Javon's hit the portal, and then Gabe Rogers. That's your top four right there. Yeah, I think. It's easy to say that receiver is something they'll look at. Just, you know, you've mentioned Gabe just exhausting his eligibility. Um, Caden's gone. Javon's gone. Cam Wright is someone that kind of came on towards the end of the season. You know, I was high on Cam. Uh, Cam hit the portal and just, you know, never was able to really get those snaps. I think he was looking for. Which uh, felt a little, I mean, it felt weird to me, right? Because we saw, I mean, he got more snaps there at the bowl game. And if you you know if it's come out that Javon's leaving, that's kind of opening up a spot. Rock's already kind of getting some snaps. It seems like that's an opportunity for Cam to kind of maybe work his way in. So I, I am interested as to kind of what happened there. But um, I'm curious yeah, be if, interesting it a, to, if it was a situation where they were like, "Hey, you may be best suited to kind of look elsewhere." I mean, he will be a junior. Yeah. Do you really want to take that gamble as a junior, not picking up those type of snaps and minutes, and then you have to transfer as a senior? And, you know, you really only have two years at that point to kind of pick up the snaps that you're looking for. And if the NFL is your dream, you probably want more than two years of tape. So I, I get it. You know, it makes sense. Sure. So, so right now, as things look, Eddie is a, we don't really know, could come back. Big could maybe. Not. And then you're looking at skates who had 18 catches, 412 yards. After that, Asa was your next leading receiver at 312. So out of the backfield, you got Rock Taylor, we've mentioned, who's showed a lot of potential, has struggled at times, I would say, um, just kind of catching the ball at times. Uh, and then you got Kobe Drake, who we've been high on. I mean, the kid catches everything thrown his way, but he didn't, didn't really get targeted a ton. I mean, he had 13 receptions for 159 yards, one touchdown. Um, and then it's it's really your running backs after that with with Ducker and Smith kind of bringing up the tail end there. So yeah. it'll be interesting to see what they do portal wise or if there's a young guy, you know, that we kind of haven't heard about going into next year that maybe steps up and fills in some of that some of that production that we're gonna be uh gonna be losing. So definitely something to keep an eye on. Um kind of portal related, I mean, just going into next year. Uh, you know, we put out that piece, the headquarters for National Signing Day. 
decent class, I would say. I mean, another one of the top ranked that that Silverfield's put together. I guess the knock on that is what you hear a lot of people say is, you know, what does it matter how good the classes are if all these guys end up hitting the portal or getting pushed out or whatever happens, right? So, yeah, um, I think as it stands right now, uh, by rival standards, that was the 57th ranked class. First in the AAC, current AAC, I'm not, or the new look AAC. I think we were behind Houston and UCF maybe, but they're no longer come July 1. They're not conference uh, opponents anymore. So first in the AAC, 247, I think it was 60th and also first in the AAC. So you had the best conference uh, class, I think, what was it, pro football or football scoop? Somebody, I mean, came out and said we were the top G5 class overall on signing day i think it was it's pretty evident they focused on the defensive side and then offensive line mm-hmm. um so I, I think they've really tried to make the offensive line a priority something we've kind of talked about as being one of the the struggles on that side of the ball and really honestly probably why you haven't seen the running game that you've kind of expected or hoped for agreed what uh out of that class is there anybody that kind of surprised you or somebody that uh, you're excited about that they ended up getting? Yeah. I mean, I think the easiest one to say is Marjavius Moss, a uh, four-star corner flips at the last minute. Something kind of came out of nowhere. Honestly, we hadn't heard anything about Moss even being a potential flip. Granted, you know, you, you see that he's visited and you kind of just think, Oh, well, they're just doing their due diligence. This kid's coming. He wants to get treated like royalty. And then the next thing you notice, he's committed and, and signed. And it's like, Whoa, and it just came out of nowhere. But I mean, that's a, a top 400 kid nationally. That's not someone that typically signs with Memphis. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, you, you may get that kind of out of a transfer, like we've talked mm-hmm. about, like Adarius yeah. Jones. I mean, he was a, a top, 450 or something kid but you're not getting him until he's been two years he's kind of not seen the field at a&m um but yeah straight out of high school you don't we don't typically see a kid like moss sign with with memphis i mean he's i think we looked at it by 247 metrics the eighth overall highest rated recruit that we've ever signed so um definitely up there definitely a potential to add some immediate help in that secondary for sure i mean I, I, I'm trying to think in terms of players that have come to Memphis kind of at that tier level. Obina is probably the next highest, someone in that range. Yeah. I mean, I, I, that was a guy that they were not expecting, a guy with the Bama offer coming to Memphis. So, right. You know, it's kind of a shocker in my opinion. Right. Um. Yeah, Moss for sure, just from the, you know, we talked about it from this to the pure surprise and kind of coming out of nowhere. We've mentioned yeah. him before, but a guy that I'm, I'm excited about and I think kind of also helps fill the void of Cam being gone is Derek Hunter. He's not a high school kid mm-hmm. coming out of JUCO. I think another guy that spent some time at AM, but another right there next to Jones. I mean, another 6'4, 6'5, 300-plus guy on your interior defensive line that's going to really help kind of clog up that space there and um add some really good size on that side of the the side that side of the football. So um definitely I think he was rated like maybe the number one defensive line JUCO prospect, like fifth overall, I want to say. Yeah. But uh definitely a, a 
a solid class so far. I mean, they'll continue to try to add. We've talked about it. I mean, obviously from the portal, they'll add. There may be some more JUCO signings or something that they get uh, in later signing day in February. But something to keep an eye on as we uh, we move into the winter and, and the off season there. Um, outside of that, TJ, a couple of staff changes have happened. Oh. Any Anything that surprised you? So uh, wide receivers, Glidden's out. Already replaced with Larry Smith from UAB. He'd been the wide receiver coach at UAB for seven years. So that seemed, obviously, that was, I think, anticipated. They knew that that one was coming because that was a very quick turnaround to yeah. get uh, Smith kind of here. Yeah, no, nothing too surprising, right? I, I think with the struggles of the offensive line for at least the last two years, you're kind of like, okay, something's got to give. You know, well, how are you, how are we going to go about this? Especially with Ryan being a former offensive line coach himself. Yeah. You know, what's, what's really going on here? Is it talent? Is it the teaching? Like it's, at some point you kind of have to figure out it's one way or the other. And uh, you know, maybe it's both. And that's why we've seen the influx of the offensive linemen through the um, just the transfer portal or be it the, uh, the signings and the early enrollees and things like that. Maybe it's talent. Maybe it's the coaching staff. And maybe that's why we're seeing a little bit of both. Right. Um, with Lydon, that one's tough, right? We haven't had a thousand yard receiver, I think this year. And yeah, this is the first year. Yeah. We haven't had a 1000 yard receiver since what? 2015. I think the stat is so. Kind of shocking. Is that on Glidden necessarily? No, not really. But um, there's some little things you can kind of see with these guys, the consistent drops, um, maybe poor route running, things like that. Like that kind of reflects back on him. So I could see why they made that move. And yeah. special teams, like, do I need to keep going? Like, yeah, Doyle's been great. And Chris Howard was phenomenal. But coverage has been awful. Uh, there's inconsistency I mean, in the yeah, return even, game. Like, even late, what can we do? late there against Utah State. They had two long kickoff returns mm -hmm. at the end of the game. The two last touchdowns we we had mm -hmm. on the both of those kickoffs, they had very long returns. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't think anything necessarily surprising. You mentioned Glade and you mentioned the wide receivers. The other part of that is like I don't feel like we've really seen anybody out of that wide receiver room that developed over the last couple of years. I mean, not to call him out, but like Javon, I felt like has been just the same kind of Yeah. That's fair. Like you just you come in and you're like, okay, th like this is the year Javon's going to take the next step, and it's felt like he's just kind of been that consistent, like not overly productive, but can make a play here or there occasionally. Yeah, and some of that, it, when I think about it, I don't want to put it all on Javon because right. if you think of Javon's side, like all he can do is catch the ball and then throw him to him, right? If he's not getting the number of targets everybody else is, or um, yeah. Hey, they're spreading it around. Now we have seven guys catching the ball or nine guys catching the ball. I'm not going to be able to go for a hundred every game or something like that. So we saw Calvin, I guess, evolve. If you want to look at it that way, I think Calvin like Anthony Miller was going to be that stud no matter what. Right. It's just that kind of work ethic that they had was unmatched. So they were always going to be that. And I think we were expecting someone else to kind of step up and kind of become that. And maybe we, that's on us as fans for expecting that level of production. And that's just kind of an unrealistic ask, but 500 yard receiver. I don't even know what it was. I know Eddie was kind of high up there, but I don't think the next person was very close. I don't remember it is off the top of my head, but. Yeah. I mean, Caden and Eddie were up there both over 600 and Javon was right at 600, but 
Yeah, I mean, it's... How many touchdowns has he had on his career? Javon? Four, maybe. I'm not... He had two again, this I, year. I'm not trying to crap um, on the guy. It just, for some right, reason, he could not find the end zone for being... Yeah. So, and you, no, you probably I, can't yeah. tell this on TV, but he's a he's a big guy. Like, he should win yeah. mismatches. Yeah. So, he, has, he had eight through three years. Three, okay. three, and two this year, which is, like we're saying, I mean, that is... I mean, that's not yeah, really an increase in production really at all, right? Like, that's just kind of the same receptions. year over year. 46, 29, and 23. So, that's like 100 receptions and eight touchdowns. Like, yeah. Whatever. Again, he can only catch what's thrown to him. So, I'll give him some mercy there. But you just need more. And I'm not putting that yeah. on him necessarily. Maybe it's something with Seth holding the ball too long. Maybe it's offensive line. Big I, it's I'm, and, it's and a it's combination of a lot of different guys, things. Yeah, yeah for sure. Need it's all but, work. But all that to say that I think that is definitely a area of emphasis, and we should, I would say, in the next couple of weeks, month or so, we're probably going to hear about you mm-hmm. know a wide receiver or two either out of the portal or another you know a signee from JUCO or somewhere that they're they're trying to add to that room. I mean, I'm not sure when people are going to hear this, but we. I'm pretty sure there's a guy coming this weekend. There'll be a guy on campus, wide receivers. So that's something that's help. Yeah. Uh, another area we've kind of talked about, obviously with Chris Howard out, David Kemp leaving. You got to get a kicker. We got our punter. Yeah. Need a kicker though. So something to keep an eye out there um, as well. Any any other position group or anything else that you're anticipating that they're kind of going after here in the uh, – the winter semester. I think if they can get, sounds weird to say, if they can get like a stud tight end, I think that's where they'll go. And that's mostly because if you look at the tight ends they have on roster, they just brought in Christian Ross. He'll come in, I think late, uh, but six, four, two He's kind of an athlete that can play tight end. I'm not expecting him to be able to block at two fifteen necessarily. Right now, uh, where it, we're at, given the roster currently, who who steps in immediately? Anthony Lanfear seems like the easiest one. He was kind of yeah, tied in, but it, it's, he's he's he seems more of that like gritty, get out there and make blocks, not yeah the touchdown machine from a production standpoint that Caden really was right. So like yeah, thoroughly yeah, it'll be interesting he, to see. Arrington McRae is the the next one up for me because that's just whose game I could think of. Yeah, he's he's Sean Dykes. I mean, he's he's what you liked so much. Just a Sean more Dykes. athletic, more of yeah. a receiver that's playing tight end. Correct. He is not, you know, your big 6'6", 250 physical mall yeah. looking type of guy. Not that Priest Corn was that great of a blocker, but that he didn't he possessed the size mismatch that you're not necessarily going to get with Aaron Tim McRae or that you had with Sean Dykes, but their skill set was so unique that it just it it gave them an edge over smaller defenders. So yeah, yeah, Arrington would be a good, good option. I think, you know, when you were talking about the, I don't know why I just randomly thought about this, but the most frustrating part about Caden leaving is that he came in as a walk-on quarterback. Yeah. Ungrateful. And and we, we (laughs) turned him in and developed him into a beast of a tight end. And now he's just like vamp. I mean, I get it. Right. Like I understand you get paid, but that does suck. Right. Like you take in this kid as a walk on, turn him into a productive tight end and then he's deucing out on you. 
we can do, man. Yeah, I don't know. Ah, I don't know. That sucks. So, hey, next man up. Let's roll. Um, <laughs> I'm with All it. right. Wrap up football a little bit here. We're not going to do like a way too early prediction yet or anything. We'll wait till the schedule comes out fully. Um, do you? Th- I'll just ask you this. Tulane won the other day. Mm-hmm. Beat USC. I'm also pretty sure this I got I was pretty down. I texted you and another buddy of our Charlie the other day. I think we're the only American team that's made a New Year's Six Bowl that didn't win it. Obviously there are true. teams that have lost, but they made mul- like UCF made multiple and they at least they won one, right? So like we're the only American team I'm pretty sure that's made the New Year's Six and didn't win, which is depressing. Well, let me ask you this. Did they run into the buzzsaw that is Journey Brown? Because if they didn't or have to freak in Journey Micah, Brown, I don't want to hear Micah it. Parsons. Micah Parsons. Like, what are we talking about? Yeah. The greatest linebacker in college at this point. I'm, con- Although, I'm convinced. If you go back and watch that, I don't know if you've seen that clip, but uh, I'm pretty sure it was Kenny. Just flat out pancaked Micah in that game. It was awesome. I mean, it was totally blindsided. No, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. Coming, but it was great. Yeah, he got chipped off. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I remember that. But I don't know why I thought of that. I just thought of it and made me depressed because I'm like, Tulane didn't – they led for nine freaking seconds in that ball game. Down freaking – what was it, 15? Teams were like 2,149 when they're down by 15 or more with four minutes left, I think was the stat, and Tulane won the game. I think I mean, you I was just confused in... that with the Luca stat. Oh, that is that what that so, was? No, dude, I'm telling you. I will, no, I, they were both insane. I will pull it up right now. Although, up the... shout out to Luca. And if you're listening, we know that you are. That was incredible as well. I'm pulling this up. I'm telling you, I saw the tweet. They said oh, two yeah, made it two out of. This well, is we're going to give a shout out to Luca. Give a shout out for Donovan Mitchell. I mean, this is not an NBA podcast, but. Give a shout out to all these dudes dropping a bajillion. Points. Yeah, shout out, shout out for real to the spider to, uh, Donovan. All right, no, I can't I, find it. Whatever, I just know that they won that game, and it, the odds were almost. I believe the odds were against them. I'm with you on that. Um. All right, basketball. Do you, the Ameri- do you think the American stays the top G5 conference? Yes, obviously. What do you mean? It's not even up for discussion. You add UTSA, Tulane, I think. They're bringing a lot back, right? Freaking – this is probably our fault, too. We talk so much about Michael Pratt, and then he – they just. No. I had Tulane fans in my freaking inbox oh, real yeah. quick. Well-deserved. We'll yeah. Crow. What are you going to do? He's still slow as hell, but congrats to you guys for winning 12 games. You bum. 12-game winning quarterback, you bum. Um, All right, enough of football. Football season's over. We are in the depths of basketball season. Conference play has yeah, started. Conference play, baby. And it has not started very yet. We Last time we talked, we talked about us potentially winning 15 straight. And TJ, we almost didn't win two straight. Yeah, I'm going to – I want to go South back to Florida and Tyler play. Harris came to FedEx form. And about beat us on our. I jokingly tweeted about it, but if there, it should have been a quad. If we'd lost, they should have invented a quad five loss because that's what it felt like. But somehow, Katie put the city on his back 
and won that game in the last – I mean, the last six minutes of that game were great. We were down 10 with seven minutes and 30 seconds left, I think, and came back and won. You know, I don't I don't like to be prophetic or say anything that's just, like, mind-blowing, but he may be really good at basketball. Who can he? May, yeah, he, he I mean, he really there's a potential – yes, he has shown potential that he, he could be if he really, like – wanted to put the time and effort into yeah, it. Yeah, if he just he put some really effort good. into it. So Kendrick, if you're listening, I don't know, just you could be good. You if better you to be good. Yeah. Just practice a little. Um no, but that game was super frustrating. South Florida. Hell you held Tyler, which hey, shout out to Tyler. That ovation when he was announced was awesome. Very sentimental. Well I love Tyler. I'm a big Tyler fan. When he came back last year I remember texting my buddy Jonathan and being like, I'm so glad that he's going to end his career as a Tiger. And then sure enough, I jinxed it. And he's not ending his career as Tiger. But it was cool for him to have a homecoming. Um, Was also cool to shut him out in the first half and then have him have over. And then he dropped 17 on our head in the second half and nearly knocked us off on our home floor. So Um, just overall an ugly game i mean you give up 86 i mean they are ranked like 280 in the country offensively and we gave Mm -hmm. up 86 points to them yeah i mean i a lot of that came from fouling tyler specifically like every time he drove it was a foul literally every time and it's all because he made that one that like just attacked ko at the rim and made it and then they were like oh he's gonna like He's not just straight up. You don't. I mean, dudes yeah. are freaking swiping as hard as they can every time he drove the lane. And yeah, he what, twelve, or eleven or twelve of his points, I think, were from the free throw line. Like yeah. he made three the shots, of them. and it was all free throws. And it's like we just he kept penetrating, and we just kept yeah. fouling the mess out of him. It was so frustrating. I'm just glad it wasn't death by Tyler three. Could you imagine Tyler dropping? I don't even want to think about Robert it. Sally type of big game Bob type of My, threes on us. I would I have died. Jonathan a minute ago, he te- we were there. He texted me and was like, "With this, like two minutes left," and said Tyler Harris game winner is going to suck really bad. And I was like, "That is, I mean, that's probably happening." Now that you said that, a hundred percent. And that was that was not long after he made that three from the Tiger Strike like claw mark logo and then just yeah so swagger just pointed directly at the spot on the floor and stared our bench down. And I was like, damn, that was I mean, to be able to do that in the moment in your hometown as an opponent, like that had to feel awesome. That's pretty dope. Yeah. I didn't right. want to just a Tyler. We sent you, Tyler, we sent you home with that L. So I know. Does he not do the, the I don't anymore? think he does it anymore? I don't know. That may not be cool anymore. I don't know. Yeah, it's old. He should have strummed the guitar, though. Shout out to Lester. I don't know. Um, All that to say, though, we have not started out conference play very well. No, we have Especially defensively. We talked about it. 86 to South Florida, who in Kempom is like 280th um, metric-wise offensively. And then – you freaking lose in like I can't stand and, and last year was a totally different story because you were missing half the team playing, but like mm-hmm. I just feel like the last ten years, every time we play in New Orleans, it is a freaking dog fight. Um I don't know. You you turn around and you give ninety six up to Tulane, and we're supposed to be 
you know, earlier in the year, we looked like we could be an elite defensive team, right? Or you gave up. Yeah. Yeah. 96. Um, and Tulane's not, I mean, they're fine. I think they're like top 100, top 75 offensively. But dude, that some of those shots they were making, just like turn around in the lane, like, I just felt like we couldn't get a stop to save our lives. Um, but our, I mean, if you look at it metric wise, at one point we were top 15 defensively in efficiency. Mm-hmm. And right now, if you look at it on Kimpom, we are 40th. Yeah. Defensive efficiency is 40th. So we have Not dropped great. quite a bit defensively over the last couple of weeks. And it's, Pretty worrisome. I will say this. The Tulane game was weird because it wasn't just that Tulane was hitting threes. Memphis was hitting threes as well. So I mean, it was just we like, were both scoring. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, like the, that's what I'm saying. How many times – if you'd have told me we'd gone down there and scored 89, right, like, and shot as well as we shot, yeah, and they and Tulane had we had them at their average season turnovers with like five minutes left in the first half. I'd have said we won by like fifteen. Let me ask you this: I'll do you one better. I need you to be with me here. Close your eyes. I'm not close your eyes. eyes. I need you to close your eyes. I need you I'm to be here with me. It's December sixth. I'm going to tell you, we go seven games in a row scoring eighty points. I would say How many seven games to the. You seven and zero. It's seven and zero. The question and the concern coming into this season was us was offensively, and we have not struggled to score. Not we at all. We just can't stop well, anybody. That anymore. Stanford game was pretty bad, but other than that, like, I just I meant recently. You no, have I would not. You know, but yeah, you it, it's not. It's not on the offense by any means. KD yeah, is I getting mean, they're, his buckets. DeAndre right. is scoring well. You just can't stop a damn body. Yeah, and I and just, I don't know. Go ahead. I was just saying, I don't know what it is. Like, we're not – we have weak closeouts on threes. People are draining three. Like, that was the other thing, too, that was incredibly frustrating the other night at Tulane. They are one of the worst percentage-wise. I mean, I think they make like seven a game, but they shoot 30% from three. And in the first half, they were like – it was like 40 or 50 something. It was something yeah, they were like 50%. They were making every other three they took. And it wasn't because they were just going in. Like most of them were open. We were just rotating late. People were closing out late. Like yep. we were just giving them shots. I mean, there were times I can remember standing. They were, I mean, they shot 42% from three, 11 to 26. Like that's just so not, I, I don't know. I think. Trying to word this where I don't sound like an idiot. I think the issue is that we try to trap so much that it's just giving I open mean, you're leaving. Yeah. I mean, they're yeah, like, I mean, obviously that's what it is, right? Like that's how you beat the trap, right? You make the extra pass, but it's just giving these clear open looks again and again, and again. And then they're switching up when the trap's not working. They or the press isn't working. They switch it up and go zone. I guess that's like a Frank Hay thing. Um, which did not work the other night. It did not work, but I also the other think thing too is they should like start with that. We've talked about it. We talked about it in the St. Louis game, and it was evident in South Florida. The last five minutes of the game, they, I mean, they turned it on to a different level. Like those last five minutes, 
South Florida could barely get the ball across midcourt. Yeah. And it's like, why, why do you have to get to that point before you start playing? Like, obviously it's probably not sustainable to play 40 straight minutes at that intensity, but like, it shouldn't take you getting down at home to South Florida with five minutes left God, no. to decide, all right, we're about to play our asses off and South Florida is not getting across half court and we're going on a 20 to five run or whatever it was to close the game out. Yeah. Like, do that with six minutes left in the first half and build up a 20 point lead. I don't know. I just, some of it is just like, yeah, it's, it's the trap leaving guys open. It's late rotations, late closeouts. And then it's, to me, it's like, sometimes they decide to just turn the intensity up. And it's just like, why didn't you do that a little bit earlier if you have it in you? You know what I think was the most frustrating thing about that two-lane game is you lost and Jalen Cook scored how many points? That was the the fact that it was 37 and he essentially didn't play the first half at all because he had three fouls. And then he came out and basically almost immediately got a fourth, which – you bring that up, and this just reminded me the fact that DeAndre had zero personal fouls at halftime and then fouled out of the game is one of the most frustrating things that's ever happened. I'll tell you, especially this. considering uh, what's his face played basically the entire second half with four fouls. Uh, Cross. Oh, yeah. I'll- yeah, Kevin Cross played like the whole. Second half with four fouls and didn't foul out. DeAndre came out at halftime, zero personal fouls and fouled out. I'll say this. I I, I think I technically heard it first on Christian and Kenny's show on, on the On the Bluff podcast. DeAndre is marked. Refs know that he is going to foul, that he is highly likely to foul. I'll say 70% of the time. He always keeps a hand down. He he leans forward it's, as but opposed it's to such... going up. It's fixable. It, they are like I know, but the, it's shysty fouls ninety nine percent of the time. But they know that he is likely going to foul, and I thoroughly agree that I think he's he's marked by refs. And they refs know. know he's a freaking loose cannon, and he's going to freak out about it when exactly. they, call, they call it. It's, like he's, I don't want to say this, but he's like Jaron Jackson Jr. Like refs know what they're going to do, and they kind of proactively kind of blow a whistle just because his hands down versus up and stuff like that. And you're going to get that nonstop. And, you know, he's too important to this team to, to do dumb things like that and to get into these situations where, you know, it's five minutes left in the game and he's going to foul out. And you're like, what good are you now? Like we don't have Malcolm already. Chandler has an obsession with putting the ball back down on the floor. We have to have you on the floor. We have to have him. And, and I don't care if there's 90 seconds left, 60 seconds, whatever. Like, <clears throat> if it's a close game, DeAndre has got to be on the floor. Got to be on the floor, man. Um, so, any, it felt to me on Sunday like it was an end-of-the-world loss. At that point in time, it was a quad three loss, which you really, really want to avoid. As of today, Tulane's 135th in the net which puts them exactly on the line of a quad two loss. So that's going to be one to watch. If they have a good year, it'll probably stay pretty easily quad two. If they drop a game or two that they probably shouldn't, it may kind of teeter back and forth going quad three one day, back to quad two. So hopefully 
Tulane ends up being, I think they were picked fourth in the American. I mean, they are talented, right? They have, they have two preseason all conference, uh, guys, um, and cook and Forbes. So like they're capable, they look talented the other night, arguably more talented than we did. Right. Like they had more shot makers. It felt like, um, so hopefully they can kind of turn around. I think they've had some injury problems, but definitely. Um, hopefully they can finish top half of the conference, and that stays just a not a by any means like a season-ending loss. But Sunday it felt like a really bad loss. I just I hate losing to Tulane. I don't know. Is They're, Tulane becoming like my new UCF or something? Probably. Yes, hundred percent. I think that they are likely the third bid over Cincinnati. I mean. If you told me hey, the American's going to get three bids, Houston, Memphis, Tulane, like, uh, yeah, I, I think Tulane has than us right now. I know, but I think Tulane has the ability to kind of put it together. I, they are talented. Cross, yeah. Um, I just I don't think that they're out of conference. Was I don't think they fine. can they're do bu- it. Just finishing top three in the conference, they would. I mean, their out of conference schedule was so bad. I even know, they took some bad losses. It would be a. I think a tall task for them to to get there, but maybe. All right, mark it um, down. It's it's the fourth. Remember this: Trace is UCF over Tulane. I am saying you see, yeah, UCF is the better. I'm team. a believer in freaking Ron Hunter. Are you just saying in the American standings, or like if one of them makes the yeah tournament? the American standings, no okay. American standings, yeah. Um. So yeah, as it sits right now, uh. We've dropped to third in the conference in the net rankings. We were we pretty comfortably second, but we are now, as of today, 59th uh, with Houston at one. So that's a huge opportunity. And then UCF, who we play on the 11th, is currently 48th. So that's a good quad one. If you can – you beat East Carolina this weekend, which you should. They're 167th in the, the net. Um, I mean, they're having a decent year. I think they're sitting at 10 and 5. They won at Wichita State the other night, mm-hmm. and then tonight they were playing. Uh, I want to say UCF. I don't know if they won or not. Let me check that real quick. But regardless, in FedEx form, you can't afford. And they're ten and six, so they lost to UCF tonight. Um, you can't afford to lose to East Carolina, especially at home. So a game you need to win, and then a huge You're opportunity trash. next week at. At uh, they lost by three at home to, mm-hmm. to Central Florida. So get a dub at home against East Carolina this weekend, which you should. Um, one o'clock Saturday, Ken Palm's got it at a 15 point Tigers victory with 91% chance to win. That feels about right. I mean, you should beat them by double digits at home, probably. You uh, and then, and then a huge one. Next Wednesday, like we said, in Orlando, quad one opportunity. If you can get that one, I I mean, that pretty much cancels out that two-lane loss early on. Yeah. Right? I mean, Ken Palm right now has it as a a two-point loss, 68-66 to the the Golden Knights of Central Florida. But uh, I think that's one you can get. I'm not sure they'll do it. I don't know if they can do it because Houston looks really good, really good. But if you can seal one of those, I mean, that is so big for your resume, especially now that Auburn is is 
dog water. Oh, gosh, man. our Auburn Ole Miss isn't good. Like you can look back on the roster on the schedule and just be like, all right, well, it turns out they're not good. They're trash. Losing yeah. Alabama's fine. I don't expect Alabama to plummet by any means. That's a good. But loss. that was one that if you if we you oh if we could have stolen that one. No, absolutely. You could have hit one more three, and you could have stolen that game. That would have been huge. It, it immediately makes up for a two-lane loss. I mean, oh, it may, yeah. I mean, that's a awesome. huge resume builder right there, especially being at Alabama. But yeah, you talked about Auburn. They lost to Georgia tonight by eleven or something. I mean, that. I'm afraid that's going to end up. I mean, that's our marquee win right now. But yeah, I mean, if you can steal a Houston, that'll be pretty huge. Yeah. Need it. Need um. It. All right. I'm trying to see if there was anything else we needed to talk about. Uh, no, I think we're there. So, East Carolina game. Uh, Saturday afternoon yeah. in the form. Give me your uh your player of the game and a score prediction. Uh, Kendrick Davis, five billion. <laughs> Hey, Kendrick. This also, shout out to Kendrick. He, this, I think it's his third back-to-back weeks. He's been American Conference Player of the Week. He uh, averaged twenty-seven and a half and eight assists in those two games last week against South Florida and then Tulane. I mean, he's balling out. I'm asking you this question. He still can't hit a three most of the time, but he's it's balling fine. out. It's not. If fine. you had to pick Jeremiah Martin, his senior year, or Kendrick Davis, who are you picking? I was thinking about this the other day as long as dude Jeremiah went off. He was hot stretch. that senior year. Once he learned how to hit the three consistently, I know you guys are gonna say something because I said Jeremiah was not a great shooter and he wasn't a great three point shooter. That's but somehow that said. senior year you just straight up said he out. couldn't shoot, period. Whatever. Like, point blank. He can't shoot. That's tough. Kendrick's obviously a better scorer, probably, and just a better like ball handler mm-hmm. and passer, I would say. Okay. Jeremiah has the size. I was, I was curious where you're going there. Jeremiah has the size advantage, which to me, we've been talking about this team struggling defensively, I think. Yeah, no, and that's not to say that Kendrick doesn't bust his ass defensively or play good. Like, I just think that Jeremiah probably gives you a little bit more defensively. Okay. I don't know. Don't make me pick that. But I, you have to pick, though. That's the I'm thing. I'm sticking with KD, I guess. I really like I'm, KD on this team. I, I picked Kendrick as well. I love Jeremiah that That's senior tough. year. He was, I mean, lights out, but loved him. Kendrick just has blown me away. Kendrick is a hooper day in and day out. He's a hooper. I'm with you on that. <laughs> All right. You went KD. What's your score? Oh, gosh. I'm going to say Tigers 85, ECU 70. It should be more than that, in my opinion. But I don't think ECU should score 70 by any means. But the Tigers forgot how to play defense for some reason. They're going to come out and go zone the entire game or something stupid like this. No. They're going to turn it back around Saturday at home. I'm going... Let's go 83-61. They get a 20-point win. 20-pointer. Okay. I'm going to say uh, – I mean, you got to go, Katie, I guess, but just to be off the wall. 
Let's go Alex. I'll go Alex. Okay. I respect that. All right. Al new question. Alex gets close to a trip dub. I have a new question for you. Jonathan Lawson. I don't even I, what the hell's going on. Well, I, I think it's obvious. These are big games, and Penny doesn't trust hey, was him to he, play. I don't even I don't even think he was dressed out the other night. No, he was dressed out. He was in the warm-ups. He doesn't trust sure? him to play in these big games. It just is what it is. Once we play I mean, what is trust? Simple, but they're actually what is trust good. at this point? The kid does nothing but come out and drain threes. He doesn't defend. I think that's the no, one. Well, no, nobody else defended the other night. That's either. kind of the same argument I made, honestly. But I so think what's it matter if you're giving up? Take. In J-Law's defense, if he's giving up a turnaround two-point jumper, but then he comes down and Drano's a three, hey, you're net positive in that scenario. Well, that would be nice, but he's also fouling. So it's does freaking thing. DeAndre. And so does DeAndre. I know. Trust me, I'm with you. I I think that his positives. We're gonna have to check the tape because I'm not. I'm not positive that he dressed out the other night. I don't know whose minutes he takes. Right. McCadden gives you maturity and size, but that's kind of the place I would look for minutes. That's I'm not I, taking I mean, anything said, from Kennedy. I'm minutes. not taking anything from Mars. When you said I don't know whose minutes he's taking, my immediate thought was. Jaden Elijah. I mean, well, Jaden gives you something though. What? In theory, he is a three point shooter. Like, you know what you're I, getting in these guys. Arguably and statistically wise, J Wall is much more productive from three than Jaden has been. I'll say this when you play, and, and this is like coming from a hard place for me to say this because I have been so against playing Jaden. You know what you're getting when you play Jaden. You know what you're getting when you play Elijah McCadden. Jonathan's kind of a wild card, and I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. Because so let's live could, life on the edge. I'm with do, you. You're, be a little I, bit of risk. There's some. Let's what just am I see talking what points? we get. I don't know. One of my I talking just, points against USF is why the hell did he only play seven minutes? It's it's USF. Yeah. Granted, we only led for like 24 minutes or something like that. I think the stat was, but like. Let the dude in. Like he's your most consistent shooter. He is. I I don't want to say the face of the franchises or of the team or anything like that, but he has all the talent to, to be someone who's a focal point next year. I know you got a lot coming in with the younger guys, but like that's that's your one glue piece. You don't have many coming back next year. That's one of them. You may want to go ahead and, and get some experience under his belt. Yeah, I don't know. I mean. J Law's bought in. So I'm not gonna complain too much if he's not complaining. He seems to understand what's it's going fair. on. So it's fair. How much how bad do we need Malcolm back? I, I think the biggest thing is he's just a big body in the middle of the court. I mean, we've been struggling re rebounding wise. And not that he's like coming out and grabbing ten plus boards. And I was like, he's like, not the greatest rebounder, just his, but just his size in there, I think, makes an impact. Right? Like, I don't know. I just feel like we're missing his interior presence. It's and especially against a team like Tulane, who is so small. <laughs> mm -hmm. I mean, they are five out. Like having somebody like Malcolm. So he's averaging that game, four rebounds a game, which is slightly 
kind of surprising. That's less than I thought. But that's also in how many minutes? I think he's going to get, he's getting like 15 minutes, isn't he? Yeah, yeah 15, 15 minutes. minutes. I mean, that's. Well, you want to look at his per 40, he's looking at almost Yeah, that's 11. almost 10. Yeah, that's over 10. That's good. He ain't playing 40 minutes. Well, that's true, but you would have found. I don't out think like, you need. I don't think you need him to play forty minutes, but you need no, that yeah. fifteen to twenty of him being a presence and force on the inside. Yeah, I think. I yeah. I honestly I think if you had Malcolm on Sunday, you probably you win the two lane game. Probably so. I Penny doesn't seem to trust Ko. In my opinion, he doesn't play I, enough. Yeah. I don't well, know. I mean, and I don't know that that's like any knock against Ko. That's. And he's even said it like at Arlington, it was catch lobs and stand in the lane and protect the rim. And they're asking him to do a lot more, right? Like he's got to be in his spots on the floor. They're asking him, you know, to catch the ball outside of the paint, you know, switch defensively, like stuff that he's not. And he hadn't been playing basketball that long. Like it's it's just stuff that's going to take you a little bit of time to get more comfortable with. I'm going to be honest. I think when KO's in, I think I would just kind of like wing it. Like you just go out there and throw lobs to the guy. I mean, no one play above the rim. Like who's going to stop that? But I guess in transition, yeah. it's kind of tough, but I don't know. We'll see. Hopefully, uh, hopefully Malcolm's back here soon. He does not have a boot or anything on anymore. So that's a good sign. Free J Law. I'm going to get a free J Law shirt. I know he's not complaining, but I'm mad. I'm mad for him. Free J-Law, indeed. Free J-Law, okay? Free Mars, it's moved on. Free J-Law. He better play 20-something minutes against Tulsa because they're trash. Tulsa is so bad. I hope we better avenge that 40 points. I want to win by 50 points. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't care if it's 41. We need to win by more than 40. I thought it was 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 Do we only play them once? So, yeah, yes, it's. I mean, we it has to be, it's at Tulsa, too. We need to go down there and we need to win by 40 plus points. It won't happen, kind of like up there, huh? Oh, up there, over there. There you go. It's more than a map that way. I don't sound like an idiot. I'm looking at a map right now. All right, I feel like that's technically north. Anything else basketball related? No, I don't think so. I well, don't think here's I'm... to, as Amber, our friend says, playmakers making plays. Takes getting a dub on Saturday. All right, to the beer. Bad, bad Leroy Brown. Hey, this is we need to do pints more often. I, this is the first time we've gotten to this portion, and I still have some you beer left to left. taste and give a score. Because typically I'm finished about halfway through, and then we get to this portion, and I've almost forgotten what it was like. I mean, it must be nice to babysit the beer like that, but I, I mean, you just took it. a sip, empty. So no, that was just for show. This has been empty for a hot second. Oh, um, there's nothing in here. I like this more than I was thinking. That I probably, I mean, I I do like a good brown thought, yeah, yeah. ale, but it is good. Um, says the baddest brown ale in the whole dang town. If you could save a good time in a bottle. It's this rich, chocolatey, malty American brown. I don't get a whole lot of chalk. Is there? I'm not getting a There's a little chocolate. chocolate. There's a hell of a lot of malt. And if you know me, I don't love the malty flavor. But this isn't 
this isn't it. doing the old malt coat of the mouth as bad as the last couple. We've not had. as bad as the other ones. I agree with you on that one. I'm not getting a ton of chocolate, but this is good. Yeah, I kind of like the can. I mean, it's it, I don't know what's going on. You guys, can you see this? Yeah, look it's at that bear. Trey's got a bear, bear which camera. Catherine, my daughter, she just loves bear. She loves bears. She would love this can. Shout out to Catherine. I'm going to go high on this because Shout of Catherine. Catherine. Uh, it's Holding like the a dice, bear, riding though. a, uh, yeah, riding a trike, a bear on yeah. a bike. Um, cool. And I, li- I like the bad, bad Leroy Brown there. It's good. It's a good can. All the detail. You see all that detail too? In the, like the Yeah, I'm trying to pay attention to that. It looks like Midtown. City behind him. Old school this Victorian is a good can. Midtown. Shout out to Hampline. We need to get more Hampline out here. I've got a fridge full of them, brother. We've, um, we've got a lot of hemp on them and Bill Street to go through. I also all right. love all the brown. It's right on theme. Everything is, is brown tinted. It's great. I'm going to say gonna... can is you seem to like it more than I do. I'm going to say. Oh, did you see that fat diamond ring on the bear's finger? Yeah, dude. That's It's a big bling bling. I'm going to say like a 7-2. I think it's a creative can. There's a lot going that on. Is... But it's nothing too crazy. That's like where I was at. I'm in the sevens, oh, and I'm going to give an additional out. 0.5 because my daughter loves bear. I'm going to go like yeah. seven eight. It was a good can. It's yeah. a really good can. Respect it. Uh, Beer-wise, this is good, too. I like this. I'm with you. I, I thought for an American brown ale was much better than I expected. Yeah, I don't, I don't – I'm still not getting a ton of chocolate, but it is – for like a winter's night, this is a great beer. Um, good. I would, I could definitely drink more than one of these in a sitting. Yeah, it was light enough. I think I could too, actually. I mean, I'm gonna go. Uh, I don't know if this has ever happened. I'm gonna go seven eight for the beer as well. Can and beer are both the same score. That has definitely not happened. Um, no, I mean, it has happened was... once when Kenny filled in and just gave tens across the board for everything that ever happened. Kenneth, unbelievable. Freaking Kenbo. Uh-huh, words, dog. Um, I actually, I like it. I don't know if I like it as much as you. Just a little bit less. Just a little bit less. And it's because of the maltiness. I'm going to say like a, almost at a 7-2, which would have been funny. We just had that conversation. Um, if that's what it is, I mean, trust your gut. Go with first. Well, I, I'm teetering between a seven two or a seven three because I like it, but it's also like I feel like I'm constantly like swallowing and clearing my mouth because of it. Yeah. Um, but it's good. I could have two of these, uh, especially at sixteen ounces. That's impressive. So yeah, I'm gonna seven three. Just a little bit better than the can. There you go, ladies and gents. All right, head over to uh, bluffcitynil.com for all your Tigers coverage on the bluff with Christian and Gabe and Kenny. Tigers untapped. All your article pregame, postgame, signing day coverage, everything you want. Remember, donations, 100% tax deductible, help support uh, Tiger athletics and coaching for literacy. Uh, This has been Tigers untapped for TJ. This is Trey. Come with the cold beer, stay for the hot takes. Peace.
If you enjoyed this episode of Tigers Untapped, please leave a like and a comment wherever you download your podcasts. Head over to BluffCityNIL.com for comprehensive coverage of Memphis Tiger Athletics. We will see you back here next week.